Hello and welcome to the Euphoria Podcast. This is season six, season seven. This is season seven, episode six. Numbers, <laughs> what do they do? How do they work? Let's find out. Let's find out. That voice that you're hearing right now is none other than Ender. Ender's going to be our special guest for the week because, spoiler, we're going to be making a dope tier list. It won't just be Cadrill on his lonesome this time. We're going to work together to update the tier the list. The power of friendship. The power of friendship. <laughs> yeah. Um, as always, we're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. So if you're listening on one of those platforms and would prefer something different, mix it up a little bit. You know, keep your euphoria relationship fresh. Maybe a little YouTube spice here and there. Maybe back over to the Spotify just for, <laughs> just for some kicks, you know, whatever. Double and everything. <laughs> whatever gets you going. Um, this today, this week, I mentioned already we're going to be doing a tier list, but we're also going to be predicting which teams are going to make playoffs with some some wild stakes, I will say. I'm what excited. is you for without this bets? Yeah, well, I'm excited for this. Ender's involved too. So Ender will be making the... I've been waiting a long time Ed, for this. Ender will be making the comeback um, for the episode where we do eventually resolve the bet. Can you imagine the first time he comes on the show for a bet and then he's the one that's <laughs> not in the loses, bet? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, that's actually even worse if he loses. We bring, we bring him on twice a year and he just gets fucking destroyed in a bet both times. <laughs> uh, love, you love to see it. Oh, I'm winning. I'm winning. There it is. Um, so we're also going to talk to Vitality a little bit today about their struggles here from Duke about what we can expect from the team coming up we're going to predict who's going to make the final playoffs we're going to rate teams we're going to talk a little bit about week five there's really just kind of everything in this episode we might even run a little bit long so if you're on a tight schedule maybe split your your viewing into two different sections one before your lunch break one after your lunch break like whatever you're suggesting them how to watch how to dabble in each different platform i'm just, give, I'm just, I'm just giving them options is there an official way to watch or listen to euphoria <laughs> like what's the correct way? well with your ears helps I so think. i think what you'll find <laughs> is that if you head over to riotgamescom slash merch and purchase stuff and then i don't know i'm trying to chill but i don't know what i should chill for if you it was a good start well what you can do is you can pull out a red bull okay and mm -hmm. uh go into your kitchen and pour that into your your bico blender along nice. with other things that you would use to make so a blending a red bull a healthy smoothie <laughs> oh, but it's okay. a healthy caffeine and you know what smoothie. you could do with that healthy smoothie you could yes. go on your browser and open up my stream and watch it you can open it twitch.tv <laughs> no, no, no. or twitch.tv slash endercast that's the one there you go There's, just, just ask pure, it like a question it's just pure because i can't remember who's because every caster either has their name, which is rare, but Cadrill, one of those, or your I'm blank, so there's I'm Frost, I'm LS, whatever, or your Endercast, Medicast, Draco's Cast. And then you have Vedius Official. What's going on there? Yeah. That's yeah. a mystery. Let us know what you think. Vedius official <laughs> is that is that the naming convention? Is I'm blank the best? It's because there's so many like fake Vedius's, you know, explainers. There's this so many me. fake accounts. Yeah, that's just you just challenged by this. The verification tick is mandatory for Vedius. You don't understand. There's yeah. so many people just pretending to be him. So let's talk about week five. What what stood out to you? What was crazy? What caught you off guard? Because it was a, it was a weird week of League of Legends. I would say. I think the most surprising thing to me was Shock side doing that monologue. That's what caught me off guard the most. <laughs> like, come on. That's two in a row, baby. The, the just power, the curse. The curse power, yeah. Fantasy. The funny thing is she chose, she chose the perfect game to do it because it's like there's nothing wrong can happen here, yeah. right? It's Vitality versus Fanatic. Of course Fanatic win it and then curses are real. Yeah, that's, that was our definitive proof that Shox has magic powers. <laughs> I, I believe in wizardry now. Harry, Harry Potter, real. And honestly, just real. like Shox bless monologues. up that we're not in the 1600s anymore. There'd be people being like, we have to throw witchcraft. her in the lake with the stones. <laughs> oh, no. If she floats, she's a witch. If she sinks, she's not. It's the 21st century. I think people are still saying that on Twitter. Oh, no. God. <laughs> Guys, take witch, it down a notch. Witch hunts. No, yeah. For me, I think um, Vitality beating Fnatic was the biggest thing. Barring the monologue and the curse itself, it was just like a, a clean game. Yes, I think there was a lot of members on Fnatic running it down, perhaps. But for me, over the entire weekend, that was the biggest surprise to me. Yeah, I think it's definitely fair. I was... 
I was not ready for Fnatic's downturn. I was actually expecting Fnatic to kind of like kick it up a notch this week, but it was, yeah, it was it was a bit of a mess. Um, I feel bad for for Hillisang especially. I feel like you know he's obviously the guy that always looks like he's running it and no losses because he just always has so many deaths. But even then, even in this game, they had a couple clean tower dives on bot. Like it was looking all mm -hmm. right, and then it was oh, it was just. But I will say, including their game the next day against Mad Lions on Saturday. I think Upset's been stepping up a lot on Fnatic. Like he mm -hmm. was really smurfing that Mad Lions game and almost single-handedly carried his entire team in a team fight on Drake, where he was literally one v four and killed three people. So I mean, Upset's been playing really well. I think just Fnatic overall have found too much aggression again for some reason. Yeah, I'd also say for on the Hillisang point in particular, like Hillisang died a lot, but it was not his fault. Like he was letting himself <laughs> take the fall for his team time and time again, like just all over the place. So uh, he uh, definitely not the scapegoat this week. Hill Hillisang is the martyr of Fnatic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bless up to Hillisang. He just saves Janelle's KDAs and just murders his own. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually such a good strategy though for support because like no support stats suck. We actually don't have any good statistics to track like how impactful support is but we use kda's or like ad carry stats all the time so whatever you could do as a support to buff your ad carry stats will purely make your team look better. you know what i think i think that we need to implement a new thing called the titanic stat or something like this or i will always love you stat where support <laughs> sacrifice themselves for their other teammates and then the amount of times however high it is they're like the mvp i understand i thought you meant like titanic hydra is like where are we going with this oh, no. No, it's, like, no, no. <laughs> it's more like an i will always love I you it was more like the titanic yeah <laughs> it was like when um when Niski was ulting out on Rise, I think it was, and Hillisang headbutts him away at the last second and goes out of the Rise portal and saves him from being able to get away. And it's like, and I, yeah. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, yeah, speaking of, uh, similar to the Titanic stack, it's like the fake Titanic stack, which I think, um, sadly, Torre was the winner of this week, where it's like, Torre, there's clearly room on the door. You don't need to sacrifice yourself. But Look. he's like, guys, I will, I will give my life for the cause. They're like, what cause, dude? What are you talking about? Like, literally, no one is asking you. And he's like, in we go. Tori's staring down the iceberg. He says, full steam ahead. He, like, stands on the front with a spear. And he's like, I will stop the iceberg. And you're like, I don't think that's... I think we need to get off the ship, dude. He's like, like, nope. Yeah, you can refer to so many films like the Gandalf, you shall not pass, but no one's there. No one's going to pass. And the bridge is collapsing. And he's like, don't worry, guys. I'll hold them back. It's like, what are you talking about? There's no one there. <laughs> no, come back. <laughs> and you see him going in. Oh, no. Oh, it was brutal. Mm. Um, I hate to see it. it. Well, overall, I mean, it was an interesting week. And I think definitely a lot of teams that were looking promising in the first half of the round robin kind of... A lot of wind was taken out of a lot of sails this week, I think. And it put into different sails is the simplest way to... Not the simplest way, but the way that I've chosen to explain mm -hmm. it. So why don't we jump into the tier list. Uh, for those of you who have not seen Euphoria tier list today, we're going to be going through S through D tier. Basically, the higher you are, like S tier is like you are a contender for the title. A tier is like top four making playoffs in good run. B is like you're making playoffs, but it's like close. You're a playoffs contender. C is like you're all right, but you're not making playoffs. And D is like, oh, yikes. D is like, oh, like D is... The, the reason that D is not F tier is just because, like, we wanted to make the tier list seem more favorable, but D is bad. Is it bad that I have four teams in D tier? That is... That's not good. That's not good. Um, oh, quick, shit. Quick, <laughs> re quick recap. Uh, last time we did this, we did this. In the preseason coming in, Cajal had a tier list. You can uh, see on your screen now, or if you're in podcast land, I'll read it off to you. Oh, there it is. Simultaneously, we also did a Twitter ranking list where we asked people to rank their top 10 in order. So not a tier list, but just a team ranking order. So starting with Cajal's tier list... S tier was G2 and Rogue, A tier was Fnatic, B tier was Shalfa, No Fear, and Mad Lions, C tier was uh, Misfits, Astralis, SK Gaming, D was Vitality, and XL. Hmm. 
I think I got not a, a bad job. I think some of them are right. Some of them are questionable, like Mad Lions beating Fnatic. You argue that could change around. Yeah. SK beating Shalk. You could argue those change around. And Astralis and Misfits sucking. So you could argue those could go down a tier. But yeah. I'd say nothing's like two tiers off, right? If any, yeah. it's like it moves one up or down. And yeah, you're I'd say not good. bad. I think that's the hardest thing with like uh, spring split, predicting it. like yeah. the whole off season. Everyone's a completely different team. It's like, you just have to flip it sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and to be honest, like I don't really know how you would really get a super accurate tier list. Because even like, even you knowing you coming in, you talk to people, you talk to teams about scrims. But yeah. like most of the teams that you talk to that were like, we are smashing it in scrims. That's Half everyone, of them came on stage that. and like ran it in their first week. Everyone you know what I said mean? Preseason scrims are the most useless like, fake data. This was all based on preseason remember, scrims. Remember, Shalka's first week they ran it. Like, yeah, they turned it around. They went on that four game win streak. But like, we were like, oh yeah, Shalka, Miracle, they're going to be good. And then week one, they were just boom, just like hard running. And then they beat G2 so and Rogue, and everyone was like, oh, they're back they're in the train. It's back miracle, on the train. Miracle, miracle, they got the new tickets. They're on the front of the train, and then they just crashed into oh, Astralis, no. and they're like, oh no. I swear, I want you both to promise me we will not use Miracle Run anymore. I am like it's, it's so it's been completely burned. Yeah, it's it's over. we've murdered it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's what just, should we call it now? The marathon it, it, sprint to be fair or something? <laughs> the Shalka marathon. <laughs> We're going to make it in summer. <laughs> they're they're doing hit. It's just high intensity training where they just like run it for like a week <laughs> full speed and then they're back like 4-0 win streak and then they run it again. So that's that's what I think the Shalka trend is. We're going 4-4-4-4-4 yeah. keeping four. up the tempo. Yeah, just have okay. to uh yeah, just a disciplined cardio Ooh. training regime here I, like for I like it a lot um on the opposite side the twitter ranking list again was from 100 responses to a tweet so small sample size overall but pretty good i think to get a general reading of what people expected coming to the split first place unanimously g2 esports second place fanatic third place was rogue fourth place was mad lions fifth place was shalk and old fear six was misfits seventh was excel Eight was Vitality, nine was SK, 10 Astralis by a huge margin. To be clear, Astralis got an average score of 9.59. So like very few people put them anything but 10th overall. Poor Astralis. But I do think that the incorporation of Magic Felix has helped them a little bit. I don't know how, just slotting in a quirky late game has just made them better somehow. Like (laughs) almost beating teams like Rogue. It's like, what's going on? Why don't we... Or G2, sorry. The way that I want to do this is I want to go through in reverse order of the Twitter ranking list. And Mm -hmm. Phil, if you can swap over to um, the Twitter ranking list and the standings so people on YouTube land have a reference um, to look at. YouTube land. If you're not familiar with the standings, one more time to read through for everyone. Podcast World, Rogue 9-2, G2 9-2. They're both tied for first. Mad Lions in third, seven and four. SK and Fnatic are tied in fourth at six and five. XL and Schalke and Nolfier are tied in sixth at five and six. Astralis is in eighth with Misfits at three and eight. Vitality, sole possession of 10th place at two and nine. So how we're going to do this, we're going to go in reverse order of the original Twitter ranking list. We'll take the public perception to kick us off to give us a little bit of structure here. So we're going to start by talking about Astralis. We're going to figure out what tier they're going to go into. Now, Cato, you've already you've already brought up, hey, they're looking a little bit better, but are they free from D tier? That's hmm. that's the question that I want your input and that I want your input on as well. Andrew. No, no, they're getting the big D stamp on their head. No, <laughs> they're staying in D tier. I think, I mean, Magic Phoenix is good, but it's not like... Um, it's not like a caps level mid that you can slot in and push that team to a playoff spot. I don't think Astralis will make playoffs, but I mean, Magic Felix has helped them pick up wins. I mean, the only defense I have for Astralis is, yeah, they almost beat G2, weirdly enough. Now, I don't know if that's because teams just don't know how to close out games in the early stages of the split and they can just sit there and scale with their Corky. Um, but yeah, they did beat um, Misfits quite handily, I think it was, with the 1v2, things yep. like this. But uh, yeah, I'm not... 
really sold on Astralis. Yeah, so for me, uh, Astralis and like uh, piggybacking off of the Corky comment, I think that it follows into a very similar line of thinking of Excel farming wins in the early season, which was taking a lot of these like very scaling picks. And then honestly, mm -hmm. a lot of our teams making mistakes and, and not being able to close out effectively against them. So like Magic Felix never really, I feel like has had like an insane early performance. You wouldn't expect that out of a Corky, but then he gets three items and he's one v in side lane. It's like, okay, that's just how yeah. the nature of the champion works. Yeah, and it was also against Schalke that was one v two. I thought it was a misfit, but yeah, against Schalke, and Schalke was like on a slump in a sense already. So yeah. it was like, were Schalke even a strong team at that point when they did win that game, or was it just because? Because we know Schalke is a very reactive team from the way you look at their games. Like, and even against the top teams, I think they're more of a reactive team. I don't think I think ever since Pantheon and Olaf had out the meta, they're not very proactive. So uh, yeah, I would just put Astralis in detail just based on the fact that they only really won against uh, Schalke in terms of just pure scaling. Um, in my eyes. I'm surprised that the G2 game doesn't give you guys more hope, but I guess I understand it when I look at the perspective of they kind of, they chilled and they scaled. And ultimately, if you will go back and look at that game, as, as good as that game was, even with Magic Felix having a really bad early game, like against Caps. Caps mm. farming literally every Raptor camp getting so far ahead. Magic Felix was still making plays around the map. I still feel like you can see that he's a relatively smart player, even mm -hmm. if, if it's the champion Corky or if it's him individually that's not matching up to Caps. It's hard for me to say there, but at the end of the day, in that final fight, when it did matter, when the pressure was on in those clutch kind of situations, he kind of choked it, right? He like went in at a bad angle. It's debatable. Maybe he felt like if he executed a little bit better, he could have just one shot reckless and they win the fight. But you did, he didn't win the fight when they had the one man advantage after solo killing caps on the sideline. Like if you solo kill caps on the sideline, come into that fight and one shot reckless, this team is C tier instantly. Mm, yeah. Based solely on that but, moment, I feel like. But you also have to argue like G2 are really good at losing to teams on losing streaks. Like <laughs> they lost to Schalke True. last year when they were like 0-7 or something, didn't they? In spring or summer, I think it was. They are really bad. I don't know if it's disrespect, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's good PR, right? Is yeah, it's good PR. Nice it's good branding ones. as well. It's a you know? charitable contribution. <laughs> it adds to the, the league. Oh but my Astralis yeah. also beat XL, so they guess, I guess they just outscaled them in a way. Mm, because yeah. even though I think that XL had a bad game where I think Toro was having a bad game and things like this, um, I mean, Jessler had one of his best games I've ever seen in his entire life in the LEC, and he was popping off, but uh, I just think that there's too much scaling and there's not enough proactivity for me on that team. Yeah, to, to be fair to Astralis, I was actually coming in and ex I, I was going to put them in C tier. Um, but I think we're kind of on, because you said you had like four teams in D tier, right? And in my mind, the gap between Spoiler. like, yeah, the gap between uh, B tier and C tier is quite large. So I think it just comes down to like how we end up doing this one. But like, mm -hmm. I do feel like our playoffs is pretty, in my mind, pretty clear. Pretty clear. Okay, well, that's good. That's going to help the predictions later in the day. So for now, Astralis, the sole team currently in D tier, although it sounds like we're expecting a few more. I was I was willing to be generous. I'm like, I'm still optimistic about this team is what I will say. I think it's fair to put them in D right, D right now, but I feel like they are getting better. And when I look at week one Astralis compared to the Astralis you've seen in previous weeks, it's not like in week one, the games were just collapsing because of so many tiny mistakes. Like mm -hmm. it would be like Promise Q goes mid at the right time but then he flops the execution a little bit. Or someone like goes for a gank right, but then they like failed to notice the jungler, right? Mm. Like on some clear vision. And it was just so many small, stupid mistakes. But when there's that many small mistakes, they like compound and they make a team look really, really bad. And they're much, while they're still sloppy, they still make mistakes. They're not 100% a great team. They look so much better compared to week one. I will agree with you on that statement. I think that the key thing for me is why I can't put them in a C tier team is the only way they picked up wins was either Corky mid or Skarner jungle. That was yeah. the only two ways that nah, they could pick fair. up wins. So they have to show me more than just Corky or Skarner to actually pick up these wins because those champions are so simple. One is just scaling and one is just flash R, the AD carry, and you get an objective. So if they can win on other things, like perhaps things like a Jarvan, which is proactive, or a Lilia jungle and a more proactive mid like a Ryze, uh, then I'll definitely bump them up to C tier instantly. Yeah. I think next team on our list, this was rated ninth. 
probably one of the biggest shifts I imagine from the original Twitter ranking tier list. Uh, 8.03 was their average score. SK Gaming. Where do you guys feel about SK Gaming? Cause I, you, I've said it on the desk and I said it last week. I'm I'm low key on the hype train, but I don't want to like come in. Yo, same. Super. Okay, sweet. Tell me, like, okay, you hit me first, Ender. What are yo, you thinking? Okay, no, I'm I'm like an SK. I, I I think that like week on week they are growing on me as a team, and I think the the biggest problem with this team is I do feel like they are uh, rather inconsistent at the moment, and a lot of that has to do with their bot lane. Uh, mm-hmm. Jezu and Treats, I feel like when they have uh, champions that. Uh, are like strong winning 2v2 and like can then leave lane and start roaming around the map as well like they start to take over uh, and help out the rest of the teams like for me I think SK is making playoffs I'm putting them in a B tier I'm agreeing let's do it SK's in B tiers for me as well only team in B tier that I have um now I did put SK in C tier I believe at the start of the split because obviously rookies so rookies are very big question marks for me either they'll succeed or they'll flop mm-hmm. I think the bot lane although Tree's not really a rookie of SK is definitely succeeding I'm loving the picks I'm loving the the things like the Kalista, the Vayne you know a bit off meta in a sense compared to other AD carries but it's working for Jezu and the Jarvan as well um, I think their jungle's been kind of underrated in a way Tinks has been a bit quiet in most of these games but he's doing his job super super well especially when he's embracing picks like the Skarner I think um and they're also, their are it's like blue as well. And the Azir on the TF is also really quiet in these games because he's not making these massive plays. But he's doing his job, I think. And the bot lane is definitely the carry for me in that uh, in that roster. But for me, it's like a, I think this is, if we're defining B tier, it's like will make playoffs most likely. Mm-hmm. I think SK is in that tier. Yeah, and I'm I'm totally on the same page with you guys. I was actually surprised surprised that you guys are so ready to put them in. But I guess when you look at the standings, it makes sense. Right now, they're tied with Fnatic. So it's kind of hard to take that away from them when they've been able to put up such good results. But I totally agree on the bot lane. I think Treats is like, if we look at the the support top four right now as or top three at least as you know the Mickey Hill is saying Kaiser kind of Trinity that has been established, I feel like Treats is probably number four on that list coming in number four. Like we'll see how Trimmy develops. There's definitely some other players we have to look at. Vander's a guy who can turn it around and really rise up, but like right now, Treats I feel like is the next the next support to rise into the like great European playmaker category, mm-hmm. and that's super cool to see. But I also think the only way that SK can be, I think it's like almost like a B minus in a sense, because for me, SK, although they are probably going to make playoffs in my eyes because of the growth, mm-hmm. the problem is, as with many rookie teams, they're not winning against top teams. And now that I don't know what to attribute that to. They haven't beat G2, they haven't beat Fnatic, they haven't beat Rogue. The only top team they've essentially beat is Mad Lions once. So for me, I think if they can pick up a win against Fnatic or G2 or Rogue going towards the end of the split, then I think this team for me is 100% solidified B team. Yep. Final note, Gen X getting better gen x on paper was so when gen x first came to the league i was a big gen x fan he came in stage he played mid lane aatrox i was like this guy's got potential and then he kind of didn't do anything and then he went top lane and he did even less as he learned the role he was not very good that said i was super skeptical to start of the season why this was the guy that they opted to keep it didn't really make sense to me but he is making good on that commitment the dude has been losing very gracefully in matchups that he's supposed to lose making impact around the map and then obviously this weekend very easy to hype up gen x now because even when the you know the callista lane started to fall apart against misfits and you know the lead that they kind of built early game ended up being not as substantial as they needed it to be because of some you know some mistakes here and there he came in clutch on that atrox and Mm -hmm. frankly very excited to see what this guy does because that is that is some big development from a player who was essentially the guy you picked like in last year when we had like the weak side top leaners he was like the weakest of the weak side top leaners you know and that's not a good look when like both the other weak side top leaners that people think of aromi and finn the two that we sent to worlds were benched and replaced Mm -hmm. right yeah 
No, honestly, the the game against Misfits was super impressive for me because like it wasn't even like he popped off in lane or anything like that, and then was just like using like stupid stats on Aatrox and running people down. It was <laughs> how he was team fighting with treats and getting like three man oh. every single time. He's hitting three people inside of uh, Jarvan Ultimate, just like. Wait, this guy's just regaining 50% of his health bar in one Q. This yeah. can't be fair. It was the shy vibes. I'm it was crazy. Oh, it's so good. It we had actually so many. Vibes. If there's one thing that we had in week five, it was like so many Aatroxes giving us the shy impressions. Like yeah. this champion, either we're really good at it or it's maybe not quite as as balanced as it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. I need to take, a little, take it back a little bit. Um, the champ pops off. Next up, it was ranked number eight originally at the start of the season. Vitality. No, I think Vitality is still a clear cut for anyone, really. I mean, you can be an analyst, you can be a fan. I think that you can easily see the Vitality struggling. Uh, they're, for me, a D-tier team. I think I would imagine you guys agree in a sense yep, because yeah. this team, there's nothing to be excited about. They did pick up a win with Crowny joining the team um, against Fnatic, although I would attribute that to Shox's curse in a sense. I agree. <laughs> it was somewhat clean in a sense, but I think Fnatic was running it and the curse was there. So I have to see more from Vitality, but for me, this team is nothing's really working for them and their late game shot calling still is not good in yeah. my eyes. Yeah, I, it, it's hard to identify because I also feel like even if you look at some of the ways they draft, like if you like they get like three or four picks kind of locked in and then whatever they lock in fifth, it just doesn't really work with the rest mm. of the team as well. Um, and then like you see some problems in how the, the rest of the game plays out too. So for me, there's like there's so many like small issues kind of all over the place that it, it's really hard to pin down like, oh, Vitality need this to fix. And it's not like Vitality bringing in Crown Shot immediately fixes all of these things. So uh, Vitality is a team kind of lost and without an identity at the moment yeah and i'm going to talk to duke later today and see kind of what's up with this team and what his thoughts are they're another team that doubled down on a lot of their rookie investments bringing back skeins finally got melitza and obviously last year was kind of cursed for vitality they never really got to start on the right foot they had so many visa problems they had so many roster problems just getting the roster that they wanted to be able to play uh quote on stage um from home on stage always weird to get used to um so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they have to say. So I just want to jump ahead then to the, to the next name on the list. Seventh place, Excel, seven point three five on average. Actually rated very close to Vitality. Vitality were eighth, but they were seven point four one. Excel as a team currently right now in sixth place, tied with Shalka at five and six. And that said, last week was rough. Kieran's been all over Twitter, like screenshot it, baby. Like what did the analysts say at the start of the season? Where was Excel going to be when they were in third place? But they're starting to drop now. My question is, do they keep dropping? What's going on with Excel? I love that they're in seventh in this ranking list, just for the memes itself, you know, <laughs> Excel in seventh for more name more iconic duo. <laughs> um, no, I think Excel's plan at the start of spring was obvious to everyone, right? I think that there's two key things at the start of spring. One, teams are still developing, so closing out games is very difficult for them. That's why you'll see in many regions across the world that spring split, there's a lot of clown fiestas that like win one games turn into complete shit fest essentially and it's just a brawl free-for-all with many kills that's basically how games progress so exile said hmm well we'll just go full scaling and uh because these teams don't know how to close the game because it's early split we'll pick up some free wins in the early uh, stages of the spring and although they've picked up their free wins now they're starting to realize that this isn't going to work for much longer they're running out of time let's be proactive and then when they pick proactive champs they look like a completely different team to what they look like with skating. So I think to me, Excel is still a D-tier team. That's where I originally put them in the start of the split. Um, now I'm going to put them in D-tier right now as well because they really have not won with anything other than scaling 
and they haven't made games look close when they pick early game champs. They pick early game chance against like teams like Mad Lions and then just flop against the late game key a team that they're against. They mess up the early game and then they just lose by default. So yeah, I just don't see enough in this team. Yeah, I've for me, I was going to put Excel in a in a C tier, but in a the C tier that's just slightly above the D tier teams, like next to an Astralis. Um, C minus. C minus tier, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> or D plus in, in this case, because okay. I, I agree we can put them in D. Um, but yeah, uh, for all the same points there. Um, and I think that it's... It's hard to fault Excel for the way they approach the season because I do think like if you're trying to farm wins, this is the way to do it, guys. Like if you if you want to like try and get some some free wins, get to playoffs, pick scaling early on in the season, teams sure, are not sure. going to know how to deal with it. Um, the problem is then, and I think like we've we've done like every single week, we've just put up the stats of, like tenth place in oh, every it's, single it's early actually, game stat. Like, I can't. I've never how, seen anything like it. It's really like we've guys. had teams with zero kills at halfway through the season, and their early game stats are not that bad. Yeah, it's it's a it's abysmal. Like literally, when Cadrell and I were prepping for our Excel cast this weekend, and this graphic was reused by Medic, and I think has been used in weeks prior previously, they're like tenth in every metric that we use to track early game. Whether it's their how many towers they get early game, whether it's how often they get first blood, whether it's their gold disadvantages, they're on average down like two k at fifteen minutes for a team that is five and six right now to be tenth in almost every early game metric. There are so many metrics we had to do two graphics to describe how bad the Excel early game is. And this isn't to yeah. me. This I don't want to dogpile on excel here but i do think that it's like the fact that you are winning games with this bad of an early game is bad for you the wins are important but like even if excel does make playoffs which i guess right now is a pretty reasonable goal for them right yeah. like it should be their first priority when they just haven't yet like you will not win a best of five with the, like it's such how was anyone claw themselves out of a 2k deficit when they have it every single game like but that's I, just not good but i think their goal there depends on the aspirations for a team like if you look at rogue for example they want to go to worlds and they, not only do they want to go to worlds they want to like compete at worlds so they're playing all these hard to execute comps you saw them things like dilution mid zaya all these kind of single target damage uh winning lane win jungle matchup early to scale into late game otherwise you flop uh, and Excel's aspirations, I feel like, are just playoffs. So their goal is just pick up free wins. So I won't really doubt, I won't really like uh, shame them for like trying this strategy because mm -hmm. their goal is making playoffs. They want to get rid of this curse. They just want to make playoffs and then by summer they can develop. Um, but I think that especially if you pick things like Syndra, Kalista, Jarvan, Rennington, and then you're down like 2k gold at 15 minutes, lost Rift Herald, your mid tower is almost down. Where is your win condition? Especially if you mess up in the early game against things like an Orianna or an Azir. So for me, I think Excel just haven't got enough proactivity. I was going to say, it feels like Joey just kicked him out of the nest. He's like, all right, we've been guiding you. You know, we've been pretending to fly. We've been doing the practice. And then just that week, he's like, boop, all early game. See it's ya. Like, it's luck. like kids with the riding the bike yeah. with stabilizers on. Oh, it's, no. it's, like, it's like maybe if he gives them any late game win condition at all, they'll just play to it instead of playing to early game. So he's like, I'm going to give you literally all early to mid game. And now you just you go. But that's the thing with late game scaling. It's like that's that's how the comms work in pro team. It's like you have Azir, you have Lilia, you have like uh, a Filios Thresh, and you're like, oh, well, do you want to fight this Drake? No. You got an item soon? Yeah. Okay. Let's just farm. And then when you're playing Syndra Kalista, it's like, <laughs> guys, they're gonna get this Drake. We need Dragon Wing condition because we don't scale well. Yep. Can we fight this Drake? No. Oh, we're so screwed. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't want Excel to change any. Like, I actually just want to keep the like keep, keep playing scaling. the scaling comps. Like, yeah. it's your best way to get wins. And yep. again, playoffs is the goal. Yeah. Just do that. And it's good to put that into context, yeah. I think. So, and it works for them. Yeah. So, right I, now. I, I want to praise Excel while putting them in D tier. Is what I'm trying <laughs> to do. You're at the top of the bottom of the Keep doing what you're barrel. doing, guys. <laughs> Just get to playoffs. Um, next on the list is they're going to be in 
Oh, sixth place here, 6.78, ranked pretty higher, but you can see if you're watching right now, you can see there's actually a pretty good gap between five to one and the kind of the six to 10 in terms of average ranking. But Misfits were ranked sixth, average score of 6.78 by Twitter. I have a sneaking suspicion that this is the fourth team for D tier, gentlemen, because I don't see a way that Excel gets stuck here and uh, Misfits somehow make it out. Yeah, Misfits in D tier to me. Uh, yeah, there's really nothing for me to that excites me about Misfits. I think there's nothing that's outstanding to me in a sense i guess the only real cool player i think that's performing well is hear it um and yeah every time i watch their games it's either just a throw or it's just a stomp and there's really like nothing that like for example excel although you can make fun of them for losing every game and being 10th and everything they're they're winning games with scaling so you can attribute something to them but misfits just doesn't have an identity to me like their comps are different every game and although week one was really cool with um vto just popping off on zoe there's really not been much of a formula to me that works for them i, I don't really see anything yeah and i just i continue to be shocked because like this was a team that i would be like oh maybe like preseason expectations would be like borderline playoffs uh roughly yeah. and and you obviously have to look at the bot lane of kabi and vander and like surely those guys are one of the strongest bot lanes you know in yeah. europe uh and they're just middling, you know, laning stats. If you look at it, I, I was, I was actually like really curious because I'm like, when, when Vander was on Rogue, like he was such a like large factor in terms of like a lot of the like early kills that happened. Yeah. Him and Inspired uh, were often like tag teaming mid lane and whatnot. And no, like one of the lowest jungle proximities in the entire league. Like they're just not really doing anything. They're not popping off in lane, and then they're also just not going anywhere to do anything else. So it's very strange on them individually. And then I also continue to see the team make large, like mid-game, like blunders. Uh -huh. And Vander and Kabe should be that shouldn't be happening when those two players are on your team. Exactly. When you look at all the top teams, like Rogue, for example, you have your staple of veterans which can teach the rookies. So, for example, in this case, I'll label Harriet as a rookie and Veteo because they're new to the team. And Kobe and, and Vander obviously are new together, but they're veterans in a sense. So if you look at teams like Fnatic with Bipo Hillesang or even Rogue with like Larson and Inspired, who are now somewhat veterans because they've had a lot of experience in the world, you kind of push that experience onto those players. But I feel like they haven't really been a staple for the team, essentially, because they're making so many basic mistakes in my eyes. Like, for example, Vander goes to ward, Kobe gets caught in the lane while Vander's warding the tribush and he dies. So small things like this are just questionable to the point where it's like, yeah, how is your communication working? So to me, Misfits just have, there's a lot of, there's nothing really working to me. I'm not really sure what, what to pinpoint exactly, but yeah. nothing's really standing out and all the comps they try are just so much different to each comp every week. So I'd like to go ahead to Shalka, but I think the one thing that I will say is that like, here it continues to impress me. I think even when their bot yeah. lane was really struggling, his TP bot lane was really good. I think that Razork had a really good idea. He played for himself while his bot lane was getting dope and I didn't like it at first, but he got that Herald. He funneled a bunch of gold into Kabe. So even in that game against SK, there's like, there's these glimmers you know what I mean? Even when Kabe was like leaping forward, almost one-shotting people, there's like these glimmers of like the team that Misfits could be. Mm -hmm. But right now there's just not consistency. There are promising signs in some games. And as you said, there's also these like really big int moments that I think take so much away from them. But I will say out of all the teams which are really low in the standings, Misfits is the one team I think has a small chance to make it to playoffs if they can turn things around because they are a win streak, lose streak team. And if they <laughs> practice really hard, I still think they're not I, just I wish, out of it yet. I wish we didn't have to use like the, the classic sports analysis, but it's so true for Misfits. Yeah. They're just such a streaky, like for the last they, three years, it's any been time, like with that. With any roster, yeah. the like, like 9-0 or 9 So yeah. it's, I, that's the one thing Team, I would imagine they could just turn the whole hull tide around. They're the settings. original Miracle Run team, but they're like the inverse Miracle Run where it's start 9-0 and then instantly go 0-9. In the they're the Burger half. Flip team. The, burger, the burger, <laughs> pure Burger Flip. Shout out to the lad. Young Checo lad. Um, we're halfway through. SK Gaming currently in B tier. We've got Astralis, Vitality, XL, and Misfits all in D tier. Next team on the list, 
uh, Ender, I want to get your thoughts on first. Schalke, no fear. They went 4-0, or they went 0-2, and then they went 4-0, and then they went 0-4. <laughs> Is that how it works? So they went 1-1, 4-0. God, I don't even know. They're 5-6. I can't figure that their math. They were 4-0, and now they're 0-4. Like, what's, what's happening here? Where are you putting Schalke? I'm going to put Schalke next to SK in a B tier. Oh, okay. Um, I I mean, Schalke, I, you look at it, should still be in playoffs uh, for me. But for me, I... I look at some of the wins like earlier in the season uh, against like the the better teams. And while that's great to have those wins, I don't feel like that will hold up in any sort of like best of five situation with this team. Um, I, I do think that like week on week, I have seen some improvement from Schalke. Specifically, I thought like in week one, Gilius was completely absent in, in their early games. And then week two onwards, he's really been turning it on. Um, so this team is still a good team. Um, but whereas maybe in week four, you ask me, I was like, I was like, Maybe this team's an A-tier team, like could they, like top four or something like this. Uh, I don't think that they they have the the legs to topple like a Mad Lions, perhaps. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I have Schalke in C-tier for me. Uh, I dropped them a tier from my original list. Oh, damn. Uh, oh, I thought you didn't have any C-tier. Yeah, I did move one team to C-tier. Wild. Uh, that's the only team I have in C-tier here because I think Schalke is a team where it's like they had... I think the meta suited them super well in the first couple of weeks with Pantheon and Olaf and all these things and Udyr and it works really well for Gilius. It's proactive, it farms fast. But now when you put him on things like Nidalee and Lilia, it just doesn't feel like he's synergizing well with the team. The team becomes more reactive. And if you're playing Kai'Sa, Rel, Kai'Sa, Galio and you're a reactive team, you just can't win. And I think the teams have also figured out that, well, if you take more scaling away from their mid laner, then he's kind of well, out of the game too. So take away Azir, take away Orena and things like this. Put him on things like Zoe. Uh, and I just think that when you're when Schalke, you could see Schalke in their game. I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was against... Uh, SK, I think it was, where they drafted like Zoe, Nidalee, Kaisa. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like a G2 draft or a, G, a Rogue draft. The game where Tinks literally didn't scarner out until like 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And they're playing this really, really hard to execute early game comp. You just see them fall apart where it's like, well, yeah, guys, let's leave that to G2 Rogue. Let's pick back to our team fight scaling, which mm -hmm. they were doing in the week two, week three. Uh, but for me, I think they're a C tier team just based purely on the fact that the only way they win is just uh, either reacting to enemy plays where they're inting and then just scaling out. Uh, with good teamfight comps. Yeah, I would say though, like moving on to 11-4, I would actually be, I would expect to see Gilius a lot more on the Skarners and the Jarvans. And mm -hmm. I think they look much better when when that's going to come through. Um, and like, even if you look at this game uh, against SK, it was like Tinks was on the Skarner, you know, and they're playing the scaling. I think the draft from SK or uh, Schalke was just completely abysmal. Yeah, um, and true. I would have I've given them very slim margins to, to end up winning that game. So I don't pull much from that one in terms of like how they actually played it out other than the, well, let's not try the G2 style uh, from them. Um, but yeah, for me, I still feel like uh, they are relatively close in level with SK. So here's the thing. I'm inclined to agree with you that looking forward, Schalke are going to rise up. But I also put Schalke in C tier. And that means that democracy wins Ooh. and Schalke are in C. And oh. Schalke, if that sucks, you're on a four-game losing streak. But I do think that when we look ahead, if we were to tell me that Schalke are a playoff team, I would believe you. And part yep. of that is because 11-4. Part of that is because the expectation that there will be a bit of, if not a significant shift in the jungle meta, you guys would both know more than I do, is your, I mean, you play more. I don't know anything. You play more, <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe not you. I, I don't know how much, how much League are you even playing. I know Cadre plays a ton of I League because he streams every day. I play so much League. Um, but we'll talk about, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but I will cable. say, yeah, you're right. I think the 11-4 changes will benefit them, and the Skarner kind of catching them off guard has been a, a bit of thorn in their side. Yeah. Um, so next on the list was Schalke, debated, but... At this point, democracy didn't secede here. <laughs> um, next on the list, the number four team from the Twitter ranking list is Mad Lions. Where do they rank now? Are they number four? Where are they at? Where are we seeing that? I have Mad Lions in A tier. 
simply because uh, they took down Fnatic quite handily. Although I think that it was a quite a bloody game. I think that Mad Lions have found their form. Their bot lane stopped flipping all ins 2v2. Elioia is looking quite hot. Humanoid's not getting solo killed as much anymore. <laughs> I feel like they fixed all their small mistakes, which are easy to fix, just toning things down. Uh, and Mad Lions are kind of giving me vibes of Mad Lions summer split last year with Shadow, with Arome. Just, I think that there's more potential in that roster. Yeah. I just agree. I think that's, I mean, it's cool. And I think that what I will say is that coming into the, the pregame analysis for Fnatic versus Mad, I really expected it to be a turnaround game for Fnatic. And I actually really expected Whippo to, especially with counterpick, to to dominate Armut. Because Armut, we saw against Broken Blade in the winning Jace matchup when it was Narn to Jace, he really struggled. So I was like, wow, Fnatic are going to win any top lane match. And then instantly I'm wrong. Give me the set, of course, baby. The second, the second that I'm in there, and like Whippo likes to set, and I, I don't love Whippo on set, I won't lie, but like, Armut made good on it you know what I mean he took the blind pick he absolutely smacked he had way bigger impact in the game overall and so I will say that I was still skeptical about Armut heading into this but I think the last few weeks he's been good even if it was a difficult link Jace landing phase using 5k damage every team fight uh, even if I expected Whippo with counterpick to dominate he still was not able to so a uh, good look from Mad Lion Top you have to also appreciate the fact they took down Fnatic when Fnatic was playing their aggressive style and not only did they take down Fnatic by matching them blow for blow but Fnatic's bot lane had like two or three kills coming out of lane just purely because of uh, the 2v2s yeah. and getting these 2v2 kills non-stop so Yes, Karzin and Karzin did into the bit. They weren't the ones being aggressive this time, I must say. It was just Fnatic, Hillisang just like flash yeah. comboing on them and taking them off guard. So upset was like 2 or 3 0 coming out of lane phase, and they still won fights. Upset did his best to try and carry the games, but I think as a team, Mad Lions just look really well rounded compared to the start of the split. Yeah, exciting, especially after we talked to El Yoya in week two. And we saw there's a great video that we put on broadcast that was made by um, the LV or it was by super good. Riot, maybe Riot Spain. I don't actually know who made it. We put it on the broadcast, but it was super good. El Yoya talking about his mm -hmm. ambition and doing it all in Spanish, which, as you know, if you ever have to, as an English, na native English speaker listening to anyone say anything in Spanish, it always sounds 10 times more hype. Should I speak Spanish on our cast? 10 then? times more sexy. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Okay, I'll do it. No, yeah, that was super hype video. El Yoya, super. Super, super hardworking guy. Uh, yeah, mad respect for the guy. Exactly. No pun intended. Um, next on the list, they were decidedly in third place. Actually, not even decidedly. They were neck and neck with Fnatic in the vote, but they lost out by 0.14 on average ranking. Amazing, though, if you think about it, considering like how large a brand Fnatic is and like yeah. Rogue's like relatively new being in the scene to be that high up there. Because like, yeah, for me, Rogue, clear S tier. Yeah. Um, like if you don't put them in S tier, you're completely trolling. Uh, I, I feel like they, they've proven they can play multiple different styles like very successfully. Uh, they can play, you know, a little bit more lane dominant, like more uh, aggressive, like speeding up the game. They can play slowing it down. It doesn't matter what type of comp they have, if it's scaling or, you know, all in fast, they're smashing lane every single time. And that's just kind of gross um, yeah. because th their players are just so good. They're, they're never losing. Yeah, I love Rogue. Just pure on the basis of the fact that like the last couple of years at Worlds or in international events, it's always G2 Fnatic that have to step up and do something. Yes, HGK did something quite a long time ago as well. But it's basically G2 and Fnatic. But for Rogue, they want to be that next team in the in the history to like be a defined statement team from Europe. Be like, look at us. We're popping off semis, finals, anything like this. We want to make it far at Worlds. And you can already see it from the start of Spring Split. They bring in two new players. They look like a whole different team. They've lost all their weak points from last year. And now they're just playing such hard to execute comps because they think that playing these easy comps like scaling and teamfight, they'll just win every game. And they're not here to win every game in Spring Split. They're here to progress, get better. It's really hard comps that are very hard to execute in a sense where you have to play the game perfectly so it limits room for mistakes so when you go to international events you have lots more to, to play from rather than just sticking to one style all year making it to sixth seventh place getting to worlds eventually somehow by some miracle and then just flopping 
which is essentially yeah. what they did in the sense yeah. when it came to summer. If you remember to, to summer last year too, like everyone was so hyped on both them and Mad Lions uh, during the summer season. Obviously, you know, like knocking G two down, G two didn't win the regular season. Um, uh, they of course won in playoffs, but. I am more excited about Rogue this year, and I think they are far better this year than they were last uh, summer. And like, I, I think last summer, if you were saying like Rogue had like a legit shot to like like topple G two, I think that was ambitious. I think yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. was like too uh -huh. far right. I think that was pushed a little bit too much. But this year, I do think it is legit, and I think this team is a serious threat come playoffs. And I gotta say, like one big shout out to Odawamne. He always memes yeah. about not MVP. getting enough attention, but we, weak side king. Like this dude has been absolutely playing out of his mind every single game. And the other player that I want to shout out because. I, again, someone I doubted, similar to Gen X, is Han Sama. Because Han Sama made big splash when he first came in. You know, he was the guy that, like, kind of surpassed Kabe and was contesting Reckless. And you had Reckless talking in his interviews about how great Han Sama was. And the Misfits went to World. And then and then Han Sama kind of just dropped off the face of the map. And then there were people, every season it was like, oh, is this the season where, like, Han Sama does it? You know, he's, like, scraping into top 20 lists. He's having these games where he's a little bit more passive unless he's playing Draven. But in the last two years, Han Sama has been absolutely unleashed. Aggressive Han Sama... Now that it's here and now that it has stayed, I am like 100% back on the Han Sama hype train. This dude is an absolute monster. Like he's playing really well with Trimby and Wall. Yes, like he's not always, he was, sometimes I feel like he's the center of attention because he's just like, you know, he's a dude that you want to believe in. But I think that like he does deserve that praise. He does deserve that support and is very much a big piece of like a very, very star-studded roster. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the key thing. That whole roster is star-studded. Even if you think of their mid-jungle as their strongest point or like the best mid-jungle duo in the league, like, there's still Hansama in bot lane. There's still Odoamna in top lane. Like, this Rogue is so much different from the Rogue from last year. Even though Rogue finished first place in the regular split in summer, this is a whole different Rogue. Yeah. And I think this is a title contender team. Yeah. All right, let's talk, about, let's talk about who they're going to be fighting in the finals. We expect. Who knows with G2. <laughs> it's always a bit of a flip. Um, you forgot Fnatic. Oh, I'm, I did forget Fnatic. <laughs> they're third on the list. Oh, that might tell you where they're going to place. I'm so sorry. Um, Shucks, cursed them out of existence. Uh, yeah, I was like, wow, we have just enough time to talk about one team. So we're going to have to kind of speed through this. I'm not going to lie. i got a little, little schedule to keep. Um, so Fnatic, I think we can say not S tier. They were above them. They had big expectations. I still think this is a good roster, but obviously the last two games have been pretty rough. How much does this knock Fnatic down? Yeah, for me, still A tier team. Uh, they're not quite an S tier team, just purely on the base on the fact of inconsistency. Now, if you're a Fnatic fan, don't be too scared that Fnatic might be looking weak uh, in this tier list or just in general over the last couple of days in the LEC, last couple of weeks. I think there is still a lot of room for growth for them, and you could see the signs of hope in like week three, week four, week five. Just this last weekend, way too much aggression, losing to teams like Vitality, kind of dropping the ball a little bit. I think they need to tone it down a bit, center their attention on being consistent, and then just try to find something that works for them. Yeah, and and I think that uh, especially for this team, like the the biggest thing they need to work on is like choosing the right fights. Because like I know they want to be like the aggressive team that's like going in all the time and really challenging their opponents. But if they want to break into S tier, you know that G two is better in the skirmish, like in the skirmish game. Like they will outthink you in those situations. They will know how to outplay you. And Rogue are more calculated team. I feel like that can like dodge away from from the difficult looking fights. So I think that if this team needs to wants to break in, that's the sort of hurdle they have to overcome um yeah because I, I think it works really well against a lot of other teams but Fnatic want to be a title contender and that's big for them and again credit to Fnatic for 
for staying as competitive as they have with the top teams when rebuilding this roster. Again, it's another roster that is star-studded with talent, but I think that we've talked about upset rising up, how fantastic he's looked in these mm-hmm. games. The upset Hillisang duo lane feels really good. They are smashing. They are so good right now. <laughs> like true. I would watch, just like screw the rest of them. I'll just watch this bot lane replays yeah. like all day. These guys are always going in. It's so exciting to watch. Now, Whipple obviously has come off of two pretty rough games, but in general, we've also seen Big carry performances from Whippo. The Riven game immediately comes to mind where he absolutely obliterated Gen X on the Vladimir, I think. Sorry, Gen X. That was, oh, that was a horror show. Um, yeah. But I think Fnatic is like this unleashed beast that's just like violently swinging everywhere. Yeah. G2 is just dodging everything and Rogue's not even close to them. But if they get strong enough, then eventually they'll hit someone uh, and they'll one-shot them. So. Or, or someone can chain the beast a little bit or yeah. teach the beast. You know, it doesn't just need just to be like, yeah. if you teach the bear to box, maybe the bear will do a little bit better than like... <laughs> yeah, but I think Fnatic, if they can just find their form and just hit their shots, I think they'll be good. I think they'll be really good. Let's bench the set. Give me back the Urgot. Give me the Rangar. Give oh, me all yeah, the spice. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget <laughs> the singed the in the ribbon. <laughs> singed, dude. <laughs> I love it. Against oh. top esports in those class. It was, yeah, it was pure class. Shout out to you, Bupo. But again, the set, I don't love it. You have a very good win ratio on it, but I just feel like the split push set build is never that good. Even though yeah. they've buffed it a million times, I believe that it's done well on scrims. I just don't love to see it. Give me something a little bit more unique, a little bit more spicy. That brings us now officially this time not just because i'm neglecting fanatic sorry again fanatic to g2 esports our final team on the list and generally i don't think it'll surprise anyone to see this team on the top so kind of to focus the conversation i want to talk briefly about how this team has changed with reckless like what changes you see because clearly it's still the number one team in the league a lot of their identity it feels like has stayed very similar mm-hmm. but what have you actually seen that's changed for g2 at the top now that reckless is on the on the roster i think that reckless was such a key part in fanatic because he kept kept his team back when they wanted to go too aggressive i think that's right an obvious point but i think he's implemented that into g2 quite well like i think the biggest thing is when you saw their game i believe it was on the on the saturday i think it was when they were against Schalke. They could took down two inhibs and they could have gone for the end, but they all backed off. And now to me, G2 last year would have just gone for the Nexus Towers. They had waves. They would have just gone for a 5v5 under Nexus Towers. But Reckless was the first to run back and then everyone just kind of followed him and they ran away with the Senna uh, and the Scion. So uh, to me, Reckless has just brought this new uh this new voice in the team where it's like guys we don't really have to fight this yes we're probably had an advantage in the fight but there is a there's like a 20 30 percent chance we throw here i'm not going for that <laughs> let's back off so i think reckless is just a really stapled hyper scaling ad carry very very good late game insurance very secure you know he's not going to end he's always going to be even or ahead and he's just a good passive voice to keep team the, the team in a good state reckless is the designated driver for g2 <laughs> yeah. that, so that's, the, that's the it's best so, way to describe it's so good actually yeah that's uh, all i got <laughs> i think i mean i think honestly that's a pretty perfect summary um when you look his I guess, summary was cleaner than mine <laughs> yeah yeah it's very very concise actually very well done Andrew. it's kind of a, a last note do you still feel like is is g2 we talked about rogue being able to contest them but is g2 like if we were to make an s plus tier would g2 sit alone in that tier or are they really neck and neck with rogue right now do you know what you know my honest opinion? I would put G2 in an S plus tier if the games were in a stage environment. Mm-hmm. On an online environment, I think S even, and both teams are even on S. But I think because of the players on yeah. G2, if that was on a, a massive stage in front of a crowd, I think G2 would be a tier above. Is is that because of um like the actual like stage and like being there live, mm. or is that attached like important games? Because like for me, I would also increase like G2's gameplay yeah. when they're in a final compared to when they're in. You know, yeah. If it was G2 it. in a in a best of five in a final in front of a crowd, I think players like Reckless, Caps, yeah. Yankos, Wunder, Mickey, they would all shine. Like finals, MSI, all these things. Whereas Rogue has never really played on that kind of and that kind of ambiance, you know, that kind of environment. So I think that 
they would play slightly worse in a sense because it, I think the nerves would kick in. But I think that's when G2 comes into their form and the clutch moments come out. Does, you know, like reckless Penta killing on stage yeah. in Sweden, all these things. All of this history behind these players. When they're on a massive stage, I think they just have a bigger edge. Does the Odawamne semifinals curse come okay. back? Where he's like perma yeah. in third place <laughs> matches. It's just like doomed. <laughs> hey, we talked about the shocks like cursing people. If we're going to get superstitious here, we have to like, we Actually, have to follow everything what up. What if shocks did a curse on a semifinals match between Odawamne and a team, but she did curse on the other team? Which <gasps> curse wins? That's that's the real battle. Screw the mm. actual semifinal. Let's see which curse is stronger. Yeah. Um, so we now have our final tier list. I'll read it through. In S tier, we have Rogue and G2. In A tier, we have Mad and Fnatic. B tier is SK Gaming. C tier is Shock and No Fear. And D tier, it's a full house here. We have Astralis, Vitality, Excel, and Misfits. Of course, this is where we think the team sit currently. A lot can change yep. looking ahead. But um, we'll talk a little bit about our playoffs predictions in a bit. In the meantime, I want to take the opportunity to sit down to talk to Duke about what we can expect from Vitality as a team who is once again um, struggling to find their form in the LEC. Mm -hmm. uh, it's now my distinct pleasure to be joined by the head coach for Vitality, Duke. Duke, uh, welcome. Thank you so, so much for joining today. Um, how, how is life over there in the Vitality house on the Vitality team? Um, surprisingly good. Surprisingly good. Uh, we had a really uh, rough split, even a rough year last year, but the morale has always been pretty high. Uh, and at the moment, everyone is uh, really focused on getting better and improving together. There is a good mindset with the, within the team. So all good despite the bad results. And I, I have to say that is impressive because, I mean, you, you already said it yourself, but 2020, it just felt like you guys never got to start properly. You had visa issues. Mm -hmm. You had so long you spent just trying to get your roster together on stage that it never felt like you guys really got the chance to develop. And then coming in this year and having it also be difficult, I imagine, can be can be quite hard. Do you still feel like are you seeing week to week kind of the the progress and development that continues to give you uh, like hope in this vitality lineup? Because you're one of the few teams that that committed to the vast majority of your players that, you know, that doubled down on a roster that did have a really rough year. Mm -hmm. um, it's vastly different from last year. Uh, I think this roster, I doubled down on it, but it's the roster that we mostly saw on the last four weeks of the um, last year. Um, and I think we were performing pretty well. I mean, better and better at this point. Um, and at the beginning of this year, uh, we so we just uh, changed Cabo for Zigenda, and um, when we arrived in LEC, we were super optimistic actually because uh, we were smashing screams before preseason, and um, and after the first week, I mean when we arrived at the first week, we uh, we threw two games where we were five k gold ahead, and especially the game against Schalke where we five v two against the Nexus, it was uh, uh, a bit brutal for us, and uh, it kind of broke the team. Um, I think since then everyone has been traumatized, but the we are like basically we were improving a lot during preseason. Then we fell down of a cliff after our, having our confidence broken after this week and the next two weeks against the top four. Uh, and now we are slowly slowly climbing back. Uh, I think we hit our low on the week four against SK and Excel where we were barely not playing. And at the moment we are just working on our confidence. And from now on, I think we can only improve, um, but uh, it might take a bit of, a bit of time still. Uh, but uh, I think we are on the right path. What do you do 
as a coach when it comes to those situations where the confidence really does feel broken because i think one of the big struggles of having a league format as opposed to like a tournament structure format is that it always feels like you're trying to repair a ship that is in motion right you don't have time mm -hmm. to stop playing to like reset the mental you have like maybe one day off a week from what i hear from most teams and then you have to go right back to practicing so how do you actually as a coach support your players feeling better getting that confidence back like what is that process actually like for you guys um, and as a coach, I think it's the worst thing that can happen to have uh, like to have confidence issues and to have um, difference from screams to to stage. Uh, on the like on the other side, having being bad in screams and being good on stage, which which I had, for example, in the past uh, in teams like Splice, for example, is uh, first is uh, stressing, but but also pretty good uh, when i mean because you get some wins but this, in this case it's really hard because there is no i think uh secret to to solve it uh and uh, um you can't just say uh, to players just believe in yourself of course <laughs> they know like they know this kind of thing this is kind of uh the the things that we want to to show to the to the uh, to the viewers but the reality of the coaching is that you are t 12 hours a day with those guys and you have to give them uh specific uh, advices for them to be to become better and uh, I think um, what we did uh, and what we are currently doing is that we try to link the micro aspect of the game so the specific uh, I would say uh, gameplay situations with more the mindset and the mental that we, you need to approach those kind of situations and uh, how players need to like which mindset do they need at each point of the game to deal with every specific situation and a specific situation can be contesting a midwave contesting a bush uh, how do you uh, position before uh, before an objective those kind of things um, and uh, instead of having a super deep strategic um, strategic approach we are focusing more on the mental aspect of it so that they know what they should be doing in those cases and how they should be feeling in those cases. Because uh, what we struggle, especially, for example, if you look at our lowest performances, which were the games against SK and uh, Excel, uh, it was games where we were not really playing, actually. We were, like, you could see, for example, uh, like if you look at, I gave this example to us somewhere else, but if you, if you see uh, when we play against Excel, you see Patrick uh, um, tries with Shogath, like walking up to us. And he's alone, like, I mean, he's dead, but we are so afraid that we walk back, you know, and we don't contest things. And this is something that we reviewed. We reviewed all the situation and, okay, in the situation, this is a moment where we have to walk up and maybe someone has to say to walk up, but technically everyone, like, it should be a bit instinctive. And yeah, basically we are trying to solve case by case at the moment where we are not feeling confident in ourselves. Yeah, and that sounds like a big undertaking, but I, I really do like the approach of, um, rather than focusing on like specific strategic things, trying to teach this like this mindset thing and trying to slowly make mindset and mentality a little bit more um, structured and a little bit more strategic as opposed to this thing that it's just like, just feel good, just be confident, just go in when you think you can go in, but actually trying to like establish a bit more structure there. I think it's a really smart way to tackle it. I do want to know though, you talked about like the, specifically the Chogath instance where, you know, he should have absolutely been dead if the players had the confidence to go in. Um, you guys recently brought Crownshot onto the roster, um, mixed success since, since he's been there. But I'm curious if when he joined the team, is this something that was made easier because he didn't have, let's say, the same baggage that some of the other guys did? Was he e more easily able to kind of be that voice of confidence in those situations? What, what, is, what were you actually looking for him to provide for the team when you brought him on? Um, and Crownie has really a different personality than the others. First, he's 
but more experienced and uh, it adds a lot as we were the youngest team in the LEC uh, with the least experience. I think adding a bit of experience uh, actually helped us more than we thought. Um, and um, in terms of personality, Crown is like someone who really knows what he what he wants, you know, and in game, because I talked uh, about him bringing a lot of short calling ability to the team. I, it's, it might have been a bit more, a bit vague. It's more that he brings a bit of decisiveness in the mid late game about what we, sh what we should do, uh, what we, which fight we should take. You know, because our problems is that whenever, whenever there was a good fight for us, we were too indecisive to take it, and we were waiting the last moment to take it, which is the moment where the end it becomes a good fight for the enemy, and we t we were taking a fight not on our terms, and we were getting wiped. Uh, where at some point you need to say, okay, now we fight here. Like, they are crossing this line, we have to fight, we have to jump on them. And this is the part where we were struggling, right? And Crowny is really bringing this decisiveness and uh, and on some also some calls, that, whether they are good or bad, but sometimes it's better to, uh, to have five people going in the same direction than five, uh, even if the call is not the best. And um, for example, against Fnatic, when we decide to run down top in the at the end of the game, and uh, the, the, like Wipo tries to catch um, uh, Crowny and they get taste and we win. Uh, this was Crowny just saying, okay, guys, go in, uh, don't stop. So Crowny brings a lot of decisiveness, confidence in himself, and he's all around. Uh, also, he remotivated the team, even if the, the atmosphere was not uh, the worst at this point. I think he really brought everyone together again uh, because, I mean, it's kind of the honeymoon period, you know, all the yeah, time where yeah. it's, it's always a fresh start when someone comes to the team, and at this point, it was needed. Yeah, and it's really good to hear that it has been a positive impact for you guys and um, a good win overall versus Fnatic and excited to see kind of how it develops in the week to come. To, to round things out, I would love to know what you're telling to the team and what the team as a whole, like what you guys feel like your ambition is for this split. Playoffs isn't out of the picture, but it would, you know, it would take a, a miracle run similar to what Schalke had last season. What is what is your actual goal? What are your actual ambitions for this team for, for this season and spring and then maybe for the year as a whole? It's hard to say because when we arrived in the beginning of the split, we were beating pretty much everyone in scrims. We were feeling super confident, uh, hoping that we would uh, be a top team and the harsh reality came in and uh, we, we we fell down off a cliff. And now, what is our ambition? I think for spring split, of course, playoff is still in the back of our mind. But as you said, like we need to basically win at least six out of our seven games. Uh, which sounds hard, especially when we face G2 and Mad Lions next week. Um, but uh, everything is possible, we'll see. But what is important for us at this point is to prove ourselves first that uh, we still have it. And I think we do. I think it's just, it was just a matter of confidence. And if we get this confidence back a bit, I think then we'll be able to work fast on the other aspects of the game that we already worked on before. Um, and uh, so to prove ourselves that uh, we can still be strong and that we are strong for summer split and uh, to some extent also prove uh, our fans who have been uh, supporting us all the way even through those uh, really harsh time uh, and to give them back something in spring split to make them wait for, for a good summer split. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And and uh, Shigenda talked about it in his interview as well after his really big pop-off Aatrox performance, how great the Vitality fans have been. So shout out again to all the Vitality fans who continue to support the team through thick and thin. And, and Duke, thank you for, for the interview and for your um, your very candid answers. Oftentimes when teams are struggling, you know, it's very easy, I think, for a coach to just be like, well, we're working on it. Things are going to get better. You know, team mentality is fine. So I really appreciate you opening up and being honest about, about expectations, about the disappointment, and about... Um, 
kind of the ambition and the changes that can come for the team in the future. Um, yeah, thanks again for taking the time. No problem. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll send it back to talk about the week upcoming. We'll wish Vitality a good luck up against Mad Lions and G2 in the week to come, and we'll be rejoined by Cajun and Ender in a moment. All right, welcome back. Uh, thanks again to Duke for taking the time to talk to us, uh, see how Vitality improves week to week. But for now, we're going to be looking ahead to what is coming our way, and that means a couple different things. But first, it means patch 11.4. We were promised no gigantic patches in the middle of seasons anymore, but they lied to us. This patch is huge. <laughs> There's basically an entire jungle no, rework. It. But as to... Resident jungle experts, what what actually matters in this patch? Like, what do people actually need to be aware of for for pro play? So the jungle XP camps got nerfed slightly, uh, levels one through nine, which is the five levels of jungle, and uh, the gold got reduced a tiny bit too. So basically, just nerfing the power farming junglers who can just sit there and get the same level of solo laners with the same XP and the same gold, uh, and essentially just want to take that out of the game to make jungle more of an overall impactful role in the game in terms of like just ganking more and like being more on the map rather than just sitting there jungle power farming and then one v oneing everyone. Um, so I think for me, it's like a 10 to 15%. I don't know what the exact math is. Re reduction on the XP and gold in sense. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. In my experience uh, from working with Riot about junglers is that they want junglers to not be ganking so much, but also to not be farming so much. And that's why Scuttle Crab is a thing, because they want you to fight the other jungler over Crab now. Uh, honestly, uh, these, these changes uh, just reduce the power overall. Like, honestly, I... I look at it and, and a lot of people are going to be like, oh, the farming junglers are dead. And I, I don't think that's true. I, I think like they are weaker overall than they were on the previous patch. But realistically, like if having levels and gold is still a good thing, you can still mm -hmm. play Nidalee and get a lot of that. And you will get more than that than the Jarvan that is ganking. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing is first couple of things are it's used a tiny bit. You can't really feel it. I've talked to a lot of junglers and scrims. They don't really feel it too much. It's not a huge impact. It only hurts a tiny bit. Um, and I think the jungle will basically be, right now it's like 80% carry junglers. I think now it's going to go down to more of a 50-60% carry junglers and tank junglers can slot in. Things like Jarvan, Gragas, Zach, Sejuani, all these things. And it'll be more of a, an even ground for both sides of the both sides of the uh, the jungle meta. Uh, I don't think it's going to wow. shift it fully to tank. I don't think it's going to make carry dead. It's going to be more of an even, this even sound, playing field. I'm not going to get my hopes up, but that sounds like... Balanced. Um, balanced and potentially healthy jungle state where you can play a tank jungle or a will carry. never be healthy yeah, it's just not, it's possible. Not, it's not possible you'll still get level two gang drake yeah. and you'll still be mad so don't <laughs> don't say it's balanced. doesn't matter what level i get ganked i'm always mad that's my secret Kadrol. the problem is not junglers it is stupid laners that don't know how to play against jungle yeah Kadrol, to quote Kadrol, jungle diff is always support diff it's true. If your support's always <laughs> support for crab, is always ADC diff, always so. roaming to your buffs, just killing me. Ah, oh, Bard and my team <laughs> has everyone, me under his tower. No matter what role you are, there is a plausible argument as to why it's literally everyone else's fault that it's bad. And lost, you're getting solo killed. It's in true. Top top is jungle diff. Mid is support and jungle diff. AD is support diff and jungle is support diff. So what's that tell you? Support is broken. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I mean, I'll just take That's that I'm saying. at face value. I'm not going to follow up on that anymore. Yeah. It's a good thing it's a team game. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's why we all play it as solo queue, right? That's why that's the most popular. This, it's mode. why I don't play chess, right? It's because I have no one to blame but myself. <laughs> Same. Are you kidding me, Knight? Why did you move there? <laughs> God damn it. Oh, God. All right, guys, we talked about the bet. This is my favorite bet that we've done so far because it's so viscerally painful in a way that isn't spicy so there's going to be some throwing up in this bet i'm sure there's it's going to be difficult so what 
what's going to happen here is that we talked about Twitter or our power ranking list, and you guys have that now. And that's our general read on where teams sit currently. But in order to figure out where we think teams are going to end the split at, what the final standings are going to be, we're going to predict the playoffs, the six teams that will make playoffs in the order that they will make them in. And how do we make this interesting? How do we make, you know, a prediction like this interesting? Okay. Well, we need, we need some stakes. So there are three of us. So how this is going to work is the two people who lose the quiz or who lose the bet will participate in a quiz hosted by the third person, in this case, the winner. The quiz will be all about the regular season. It'll be kind of like the duo Q quizzes, but with like, there'll be some fun facts. There'll be some interesting stuff in there. And you're like, oh, a quiz, who cares? Here's the stakes. Every time you get a question wrong, you will drink out of an unlabeled coffee cup in front of you. 80% of the coffee of the cups, coffee. 20% of the cups, fish sauce. You will not know. You will pick a cup without being able to smell a cup, and you will drink. Oh, no. I'm nauseous, dude. <laughs> I didn't even eat breakfast this morning. I want to throw up. Why did I say yes to joining you for you? So <laughs> we can't play Russian roulette because that's horrible and because horrific. we don't have enough casters. As we don't have enough casters, we need more to be honest, and we can't really afford just you know offing them one at a time every time they get a playoff prediction wrong or a silly stats question wrong. So instead, we're going to do it with fish sauce. So instead of literal death it will be horrible uncomfortable pain and misery which hopefully, you decide which is worse. i mean the hot wing bet did pretty well so we think you guys will like this one too so the tldr is right now we're going to run through our playoffs predictions for each teams um we're going to have a chance at the uh. end to change them because remember whoever is the most correct will win uh, if there's a tie we'll figure out how to break the tie maybe a coin flip maybe there'll be something with win percentage um we will figure it out, but there will be an opportunity to change the list at the end for each analyst, just in case they want to go for something that is more of a gamble if they do want to take a risk or if the lists are too similar. So to recap, winner of this bet will get to host the quiz. The other two will have to compete in a Russian roulette fish sauce challenge is the easiest way to describe yep. it. Okay, that's the description. Let's talk about where we're going to rank the teams, where they're going to finish. So I think what we'll do is we'll start at six and we'll work our way up to actually what that's just too confusing that's like no way for anyone in podcast land to follow that yeah, we're yeah. just gonna each go one just at a go time one by one one yeah, tell yeah, tell yeah. you your entire list yeah because otherwise it's like actually impossible okay. to follow you start all right my list in sixth place shalka no fear in fifth place fanatic in fourth place sk gaming oh in third God. place mad second place rogue first place g2 all right we're safe okay well <laughs> Well, you're getting some fish sauce ender. What's this? <laughs> what do you mean you're safe? Two people lose. There's only one winner. Everyone else True. loses. Oh, no. You Wait, you're right. Okay. I okay, didn't think okay. that far ahead. Ender. Okay. So again, right. in sixth place, Shaka No Fear. In fifth place, Fanatic. Fourth place, SK. Third place, Mad. Second place, Rogue. First place, G2. And that's three okay. That's my list. What do you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sixth place, SK. Fifth place, Shalka. Fourth, Mad. Third, Fnatic. Oh. Second, Rogue. First, G2. That plot armor getting Fnatic back up to third, baby. <laughs> I mean, Shox isn't going to do it. No, okay. <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm My calling hearts. in a favor. And we've officially burned the Shox monologue jokes. We're done now. <laughs> yeah, you better it's hope like so. This you, better, you better hope so. Your ass is drinking some fish sauce, buddy. <laughs> My heart's pounding. Okay. Sixth place, Shalka. Fifth place, SK. Fourth place, Fnatic. Third place, Mad Lion. Second place, G2. First place, Rogue. Oh, they're all so different. <laughs> oh, okay. I was really worried we we're all going to have the same one. So this oh, is actually cool. It's when I'm flipping it like a burger. Okay, so the one thing I do want to talk about is like, like really quickly tell me where each, let's each go through and say like what we think our most bold prediction is and why why we made it. So people get a little bit more context. I think mine is Rogue over G2 for first place. Why do you think mm. that? Uh, I just think Rogue are going to, I just have a feeling Rogue 
gonna win the split. They won in summer. I think they're gonna win in spring. Um, I think G two are gonna meme around too much. I feel like they're gonna drop a couple that's, wins to, to some teams by just trolling a bit. I'm so worried that that's just like your silver bullet that just so wins you the thing. I'm going rogue over G two. Um, and then my other one, I guess, in a small sense, is Mad Lions or Fnatic. I just think Mad Lions are probably gonna be more consistent in spring split and Fnatic. We're gonna gonna take some more time to find their footing. Yeah. So I think Mad Lions or Fnatic there, and then yeah, SK over Schalke in terms of fifth six. I mean, I don't really feel like I'm taking many risks with my list. I'm Which maybe may make you the winner because I took I took some flips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Took some flips. Oh, I just, I just went flips. how I how I see. Wait, what was it, your you list know? again? Uh, so G two Rogue Fnatic Mad Schalke SK. Yeah, you really did not take any risks. We yeah. and Kajal, I think, overthought the whole it. Standings. Well, because we were all worried about our lists being too similar, so we're like, we're going to game yeah. a little bit, so they're not all the same. And Ender was the one who took no risks, and me and Kajal are out here to like overthinking it ourselves. Yeah. No, if you show up to host and the bet, wins, it, oh, and no, then we no. just sit here and sup. I mean, like nah. technically, based on standings, like Madden, Fnatic, or flipped, Shulk, SK, or flipped. Yeah. But it's I like, think that's pretty reasonable. Pretty so we have Fnatic in third, right? Uh, Fnatic in third, yeah. I think that's maybe a bit risky. My my boldest prediction is SK in fourth. I think oh, yeah. that that is. I think Fnatic are going to lose a few more games before they come back together. And I think Schalke, maybe oh, it's so tough because maybe eleven four just like bails Schalke out. But like Gilius weeks two three and even week four compared to week or sorry Gilius weeks two three compared to week four five is pretty and, pretty and i think rough. the interesting thing about the the crazy thing about this is if I predict Rogue G two and it's the other way around, I've lost two points, not one. Because they're both out of selection. Oh, yeah. No, there's, exactly. no, there's no being and then, saved. And then there's like Mad, Fnatic, SK, Schalke, who are going to be like between one win from each other. And if either of them are just swapped in reverse order, you essentially end the whole thing with zero points. It could be. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm screwed. Uh, we're You're find screwed. Out. Uh, yeah. I'm You're not going to make these questions easy for you guys either. Wait, oh, well, yeah, we can make the quiz together. Oh, wait, well, no, we I'm can't. not going to make it. Oh, wait, yeah, you no, can. You, you would have to make it with Phil. You just have to get like well, crazy stats. Yeah, there you go, dude. Easy. Yeah, wait, no, why are we talking as if he's already won? I don't wait, know. I already we're have. already embracing okay, all right. it. <laughs> all, right. all right. One last time. I'll, I'll do, let's just do lists in order. We'll do one through six so everybody keep track. Okay. Dracos, here is my playoff prediction finalist for the top six. G2, Rogue, Mad Lions, SK, Fnatic, Schalke, no fear. Ender, auditioning <laughs> four. G2, Rogue, Fnatic, Mad, Schalke, SK. Kajos playoff predictions. Rogue, G2, Mad Lions, Fnatic, SK, Schalke. Oh, it's going to be... I don't want to drink fish sauce. No, of course. I, spicy wings, I'm like, whatever. Dude, I don't even like fish. I don't eat yeah. fish. The ever. worst part yeah. is, I told it's you, I was like, I want to eat the spicy wings. Get me in on a bet. And now it's fish sauce. <laughs> you can't what is get wrong with you? It's not a bet if you want to eat the spicy wings. Um, <laughs> and the bets are going to get worse Also, shout out to worse. Phil, who watches a bunch of like Korean challenge shows and give us, gave us the inspiration for this I'm, one. I'm sure... I'm sure of it Dude, i just keep cringing yeah yeah i'm convinced that this is only the start of something beautiful Bro, like summer next season euphoria is gonna be like watch dracos and Kajol get thrown around upside down on a roller coaster after <laughs> drinking seven liters of water while they try to predict their playoffs predictions or their planes predictions for worlds <laughs> yeah like oh my god it's oh gonna... i'm sorry you were like you tired like you want to see conor mcgregor fighting again in mma but think that after his most recent loss he's a little wash watch him come assault Kajol and dracos physically <laughs> yeah, for yeah, each what's, question what's that they got wrong this fight conor mcgregor in the octagon <laughs> oh i love it no jesus <laughs> content no. 
<laughs> I've already gotten my girlfriend's like, please stop doing spicy bets. So I'm like laying on the couch, like in writhing in pain for like the entire day after this bet. And she's like, was it that bad at the time? I was like, no. She's like, then why are you in so much pain now? I'm like, we, we still have to suffer for it. And she's like, please stop. Nope. We go harder. Yeah. yeah. All, all you guys see is like the video of the bet happening. But let me tell you, there's after effects. Yeah. That's yeah. the worst thing is that we have to find something hot enough that you get a physical reaction out of us. But the worst part is always the aftermath where mm. you just have to sit there with like burning the, yeah. lips. The toilet gets carpet oh my god yeah i don't know if you need to be that specific but yeah that's that's 100 what happens thank you for painting that picture um that those are our playoff predictions but let's talk a little bit about week six um we've got a couple of interesting matches coming up here i'm personally excited for mad versus sk i think that's going to tell us a lot shocker versus rogue is also very interesting but yes inevitably the matchup that we have to talk about old kings dynasty kings legacy kings 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 curses legacy backstab betrayed revenge rebirth um g2 versus fanatic Right now, I think it's pretty easy to say that G2 should be the favorites based on what we saw from Fnatic in the previous week. But if Fnatic are going to win this game, what's it going to take? Ender, I'll go to you first. Well, to be fair, we said G2 were the favorites last time and Fnatic won last time. That's so true. let's give them some credit. Uh, honestly, because uh, I like to draw back to the last game, and honestly, every time G2 and Fnatic play against each other, it is always a complete bloodbath. Uh, and I, I feel like in sort of the, the style that Fnatic are right now, like it'll be a hot or a cold day and it'll be one way or the other. Um, and so for me, like uh, particularly, like I want to see Whippo back on, on something like very powerful, like strong counter pick in the top lane, get the set out of here, yep. uh, you know, bring back some more of those more interesting picks. Um, and then, yeah, uh, as far as like for G2, uh, if, if, you know, reckless, you know, make sure, you know, he's, he's the good driver the, on the, on the, on the day of, you know, can keep G2 actually- a little bit in line be all right it's so funny because reckless is now the designated driver for g2 yeah. but like hillisang and upset are so completely unchained yeah it's, yeah, yeah. It's like they're, they're like driving on the road next to you like trying to like bumper yeah. car oh, no. have you seen the film baby driver it's yeah. like that's g2 you know reckless is the driver they rob the bank they get all the kills reckless is ready to get them out of there <laughs> no i think g2 fanatic i mean if g2 have internet issues obviously fanatic might win again but they won't hopefully so God. that'll yeah. be a good hey. one that's almost for memes uh, I think, yeah, the most important thing to me is bot lane, I think. I think if, uh, yeah, Upset and Hillisang yeah. can smash bot lane like they're doing, especially against players like Reckless and Mickey, and then take over the game, then that's essentially going to win them the game. I think counterpick for Whippo would be really important or getting him on a good matchup. Uh, I think mid-jungle, as much as the impact that it does have in the game, I don't think I'm looking at mid-jungle the most here because self-made's been quite quiet. Niski's playing supportive champions. And I think on the um, on the other side, Fnatic, uh, there's not there's just not a, for G2, sorry, Yankos and Caps, Although I would like to see something like Nidalee Rise or something aggressive, I think bot lane is going to be the place to, of action. I think if Hillisang can start the game off with one or two kills in bot, he looks like he's got so much more confidence on engages. It feels like if Hillisang's on the back foot in lane, he just gets caught a lot. Whereas if he's on the front foot in lane and he's winning it, he's like in your jungle, in your face, flanking you from the, from the other planet over yeah. there. It's really weird. So Honestly, I love to see it. it who's ever casting this just get the pip. Of, of the bot the picture in picture the little square image of yeah. just bot lane and just keep it on bot lane or like a split it, screen just split screen just keep me bot lane and then whatever the hell else anyone wants to see i don't care like just let me watch this bot yeah. lane matchup this is like it, this has got to be a clinic for both sides or they could both just grief it and it could just be hex flashes out of the bush simultaneously for both supports and it could be like that's kind of how the game went last time if i recall <laughs> both supports were sprinting a little bit and that's still entertaining it's Sion again uh, i think bruh. here's my suspicion though i think mm. that after the like ninth time that ezreal failed to e out of that that you know he learned how to do it and my suspicion is is that other players having watched that will learn to use their dashes oh, I have to dodge okay oh, yeah. it, oh. what if he doesn't have a dash Ooh. what if he's playing something like i don't know kaisa 
drama, because intrigue, mystery. one thing that we missed out on the 11.4 patch is Samira is dead. It's true. Samira mm. is gone. And that's a big thing for Fnatic because upset Samira was looking insane. True. Clean. Yeah. Uh, so that's actually going to hurt them, I think, on 11.4. Also some kinds of nerfs. Also self-made being the carry jungle that he is. 11.4 jungle nerfs. So, yeah, I don't think it's a great patch for Fnatic, whereas for, for G2, it's like, oh, Yankos, Sejuani time, oh. uh, Jarvan, frontline, no more spears, not flipping yeah. it. So, yeah, I think G2 is favored a little bit slightly as well because of the patch. And watch, we're going to hype it up and it's going to be like Janna versus Lulu bot lane support matchup and just be the biggest snooze festival. But that time. could be cool, like Vayne, Cog Vayne oh, Lulu no, God, versus Cogmo Yumi. Get me now, Pedro. <laughs> I want so people to die in the laning phase. Have Any you seen the Cogmo skins? Pugma yeah, Pug no, no, Pug is terrible, but the Bima is cute as hell. Nah. Pugma is so bad. Okay, anyway, we're going to get... This is a whole other thing. We'll talk about the Borst and best skins in League of Legends. Actually, it's another segment because I, I love talking about skins. Anyway, this has been Season 7, Episode 6. Thank you so much, Ender, for joining us, making some tier lists, making Why some predictions. Why was 6 afraid of 7? Because 7, 8, 9. I have another one, but it's not appropriate. Anyway, um, this has been Season 7, Episode 6 of the Euphoria Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it. Well, we ran a little bit long, but we, you know, we hope you like the extra content that we're bringing you, and we'll see you next week for more League of Legends discussion. Bye-bye.